Conspiracy, what's going on, everybody? Uh, today we are back again, like always. Anyway, my name's Cameron, and sitting with me next to me, am I? I'm in another dimension. Hi, I'm Allie. That's Allie. And sitting across from me, across the pond, you might say, though I don't know why, because it's more like a there's, pond of land. There's definitely no pond in between us, but there's there is a time zone. There's probably there's, a pond in between us. Not directly, no. Y- you don't think like in the straight I've, line. I've Google mapped it, I zoomed in, and I just slowly went in a straight line <laughs> from my... <laughs> you might recognize... Can't finish that's, the sentence. I'm that's done. Angel. Hi, guys. You might recognize his humor is just as bad as mine. Don't look um, now, just Vader doing crack. All right, this is going great. Today, we are talking about a little a little place. A little place. Very things. Maybe not on your destinations map. However, I did see there was one guy who asked travel advisor or trip advisor. Trip advisor. Yeah. <laughs> he asked about the best way to visit uh, Dulce Base, the base that might not exist or might exist. Uh, if you don't know about it, it is a base and it's in Dulce. That's pretty much a summary wow. of it. Dulce, New Mexico to be exact, on a Native American reservation. Yes. Specifically, I don't know how to say this, is the J like in Spanish or Listen, like an H? If we say it it's wrong. It's definitely not a Spanish tribe. That's what I was thinking. If we say it wrong, feel free to send Allie your angry messages. Because part of my brain is like g but the other um, half is yeah. like Hikaria. I think it's just g I don't know, though. <laughs> I'm very white. so Jicarilla Apache. Okay. I just Carilla? I'm, I'm hoping that's correct. I, it's Carilla. Please tell us what the hell is going on. Anyway, this sits at the base, it looks like, of the Archuleta mountain range. And it's... It's a mountain. The, the Mesa is in the mountain. The Archuleta Mountain is its own mountain because there's an Archuleta Peak. And then the Mesa, no, the Mesa is in Archuleta. <laughs> the table is in the mountain. If anybody gets any information out of this segment. The, the anyway. Table. <laughs> okay. We're going to so. go further into it. We'll so. do a deeper dive. So. No one can see your hand. <laughs> I can. <laughs> The Dolce Base, or actually, I think it's technically called the Dulce Base, um, but Dolce sounds a lot fancier. Anyway, the base is underground. It's supposedly a part of a network of lots of underground bases. This allegedly started in the 1930s, like the claims and suspicion and the whole thing. Um, But really, the earliest thing I could find was like the 70s. You're missing a very important part of this, though. Uh, these are specifically called deep underground military bases. And the term conspiracists have used with this is dumbs. They're called dumbs, which is an accurate, it's an accurate acronym, but it's a little childish. So the dumbs, there's about 1400 of them. This whole theory picked up traction a little bit more in 1950s. I see... I think that's the book you were just talking about, Angel. That is the book that I was just talking about. Branton. 
Yes, that is the only name that is given. And he is actually a popular writer among the UFO slash supernatural investigative community. And he wrote a book called The Dulce Book. He also wrote one called The Dulce Wars. And he's got a, a lot of, I guess we would say, unvalidated information about these particular chains of events. Although he does say himself in the book, in the intro of the book, that all of the writings are a combination of his research into these investigative findings and his own perspective on them. So he's not necessarily trying to mislead people, but um, he definitely, it's definitely an opinionated piece. The whole book just starts writing. with allegedly. Yeah, pretty and much. And then all the information. That's um, fair. So that's about the time that, like, I guess this sort of started. Yeah, well, so the, the whispers that were occurring in the 1930s um, kind of were, were gathering interest from this entire community. And eventually, it, it, it actually started as, you know, UFO sightings and everything were just known to occur in New Mexico. But as more and more of these rumors and whispers came out, they started tracking them and they pinpointed Dulce as the epicenter, quote unquote, the epicenter of cattle mutilations, which we'll get into later. But it was also the largest amount of UFO sightings and other extraterrestrial related phenomena were occurring in that general area. Uh, yeah, we actually we had an episode on the San Luis Valley, which is really not very far away. This isn't in San Luis Valley, is it? I forgot to look. I don't believe it is. It's no. just outside of it, like it's on like the other just side of the mountains. Yeah. But like, if you if you listen to our San Luis Valley episode, uh, that is also touted as one of like the biggest UFO hotspots. And this is a similar area where basically there's just a bunch of UFOs all the time, and it's been going on for a long, long time. And this doesn't end at UFOs. People in the town also claim that Bigfoot is nearby. Uh, there's lots of Bigfoot hunting and sightings. Yeah. And there's, there's been a couple instances of allegedly finding scraps of super advanced technology. There's um, openings into the mountain, multiple doorways that have been found, stuff like that. So Portals, secret portals. Um, yes. Supernatural portals and things. Yeah, it is definitely like a hotbed of activity. One of the one of the biggest things with this whole area, though, one thing that's very important is the land is, like we said, it's on a reservation. Therefore, it remains largely untouched. So with it being untouched, there's just a lot of open space. A lot of weird things can happen in that open space because nobody can really document it as well. Yeah. And you're not actually anymore, I don't know when this changed, but you're actually not allowed to go on to the land. I was reading that the tribe that owns the land will most likely not let you go on to it. They keep it closed. So it is 100% theirs in the way of you will never be able to get in there. Yeah. So. And uh, some of the reading on the town that I did actually, it not only did it say it was small, but it literally said it's so small and so unpopulated that they have no stoplights. <laughs> All of their intersections and roads just consist of stop signs, I guess, but actually no stoplights. So that puts into perspective just how small this quote unquote town is. That's part of the reason why a lot of people believe that it's just a cover yeah. for an underground base. It's 
it's like that perfect mix of a place like we talked about at the San Luis Valley, how like those small towns are a good place for the government to do experiments or whatever, because they have the ability to do it without a huge news outlet. Nobody's going to go to Dulce to go look and see what the government's doing. Nobody cares. Albuquerque is two hours away down the road and Santa Fe is just a little bit further. So nobody's going to bother with Dulce. And this was also, again, during the time where social media was definitely not as prevalent of a thing, probably didn't even exist at that point. So other than a news outlet going and covering certain yeah. things like that, the word wasn't necessarily going to get out. I was going to say, what was social media in like the 70s? Was it just like a cork board? You just like pin things to like in the town go square to hot dogs with someone, yeah. male or female. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was those columns in the newspaper where it was like, like ask Jeeves, like yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot that was the thing. Yeah, yeah a newspaper. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's go into some of the weird things that got on here real quick. I want to kind of lean away from the aliens and from the possible underground base because there's something that happens before that in the 60s, specifically in 1967, December 10th, if that's your birthday, congratulations, uh, the (laughs) government exploded a nuke on that day. Wait, the 1960s is not before the aliens. Well, it's before a lot of the story takes place. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. Let's talk about Project Gas Buggy. Because what do you do in the desert where there's nobody? You blow a fucking nuke. Fucking blow it up. But that's not why they did this one, actually. This wasn't a nuclear test. So this is different. Okay, than but there was else. no reason to use nukes. No, there was actually. They okay, did have a reason for that. why they wanted to use nukes. Why did nukes. they use nukes? They learned a very hard, very hard lesson in so failure. So regular explosives. So they used a nuke in this situation because they found a section within this mountain range where they needed to get to a type of gas that they wanted to use to build more military technology, whatever, I don't know, in the blacked out, sections of their document, I'm sure. But they needed this gas. They, that's what they told people, that's what they were doing. So they decided to put a nuke underground and blow up underneath the mountain because they wanted to release the gas. But guess what a nuclear bomb is? Radiated. Yeah. Guess what the gas became? Radioactive. Radioactive. That's right. You almost didn't say that. I almost said radiated, but I wanted to say what you said. Radioactive. (laughs) And when the gas becomes radiated, they no longer have a use for it. So whoever thought of that idea. That's what I'm saying. Why did they use a nuke? Well, because they thought that the nuke was going to have enough power to actually release the gas. They were correct. (laughs) (laughs) It should be noted that they were correct. But it's kind of like it's kind of like if you ran a bulldozer through your house to redo your kitchen. Like, you're no longer able to redo the kitchen, you know? Well, you would have to just start from scratch. Exactly. And so. now they can't even do that because it's radi- Okay, a radiated bulldozer through your house. <laughs> now <laughs> now you have yeah, to go somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the, anyway, uh, this is an important point because this is something that kind of leans into, after that point, more cattle mutilations. the government conspiracy and the cattle mutilations and the aliens and underground bases, uh, dumbs, if you will, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they also thought, real quick, I just want to say, because I think it's even more fun, they thought using a nuke would be cheaper than drilling for the gas. I don't know how that works. I don't in know labor, how a nuke costs less. Materials. Yeah. I can I see it. Real quick, I want to bring up, the, as the last note on this nuclear bomb, 
not only did they use a nuke because it would be cheaper and faster and not work in the long run, uh, I want to just say that they used about, what I read is about 29 kiloton nuke, okay? That is over twice the amount of force of the nuke dropped on Hiroshima. Jesus. The nuke dropped on Hiroshima was 13 kilotons. They used a 29 kiloton nuke inside of a mountain. Why? To get gas that they can't use now. <laughs> remember, cool. kids, just because you make it into the government doesn't mean you're smart. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. That snap was me. Anyway, snap. let's talk about the base. Let's get into it. Like, for real, let's quit right now. Let's go. Go. Break in. New Mexico's not that far from us. If, if we narrow to a run, they can't touch us. All right, let's talk about the base because Allie's not digging it. She's not digging the conversation here. Tell There's us about the base. base. Tell us about the it base. It is called Dulce, Dulce, or... Dolce and Gabbana. Whatever. Gabbana? Gabbana? That's with an O, not with a U. So. I know, because I accidentally, I accidentally hit an O for some reason when I was typing it into Google, and it was like Dolce and Gabbana. The base. Yep. Is allegedly... Allegedly. Seven stories deep. It's not very deep. But each story is about... I forget what it was. It was like 50 some odd feet tall. Um, oh. For what? For yeah, each then, floor. Then the floor okay, ceiling. but why? Let me, not, not, I know for each floor. I don't know. The government's extraneous, extraneous. I don't know. They're extra? Yeah. Yeah. So there are seven that we supposedly know about for the secret base that nobody knows about. And then there are supposedly more levels that are extra clearance that even the people who have told us about this didn't know about themselves. But they yet they know they're there. Don't know. So this is, as we said, located on or under or near a Native American reservation. It's a little bit vague as to what proximity this base is. And now the fun part, it is run by a mixture of American human government people with the greys, which are a race of aliens, and the reptilians. And then multiple kinds of reptilians, including the draconians. Uh, but I feel like that particular piece of information kind of depends on who you're asking. Because I've seen a number of different ones. There was one that claimed it was run by a human-alien hybrid race. There was one that it was actually just owned by the American government. And they were conducting experiments on animals. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the... Reptilians, I'll be honest with you, I feel like that was only included there so Cameron can talk about the reptilian president. I actually typed that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> reptilian president. Ha! Um, reptilians are popes. This they is true. aspire to be. This is true. Yes. So there are multiple things. Generally, there is always some kind of genetic testing going on, mixing humans with some other kind of shit. I didn't read anywhere that it was run by the human-alien hybrids. I read that it was the humans and the aliens that were making hybrids. But the humans and aliens separately are the ones that were running the shit. Eat your heart out, Linda Moulton Howe. <laughs> and if you don't know who we're talking about, you will. And if you do know who we're talking about, you've probably listened to our podcast before. Yeah, so basically this isn't your typical underground base. Uh, this was built by our government but now we employ aliens or some mixture of the two to do our secret government bidding. I wonder if the aliens get better benefits than I do. I don't know. It depends. Are they on? What would, what would their salary be? And are they on the government payroll or are we just kind of paying them under the table? What if they're just contractors? 
What do the aliens do with cash? They're just deep space contractors. And instead of cash, we pay them with the human leftovers. Actually, um, there is something about how Eisenhower, I think it was Eisenhower, how Eisenhower made a treaty with the Greys that in return for their help, allegedly with this base and advancing technology, uh, in return, they get to take a certain number of people for their own testing every year. Now, I just want to present a correlation here. Eisenhower would make a trade like that, right? Why? Because his first name is Dwight. Oh! Can you see Dwight making a trade like that? Absolutely. Totally. Um, I forget what that was called. There was a name for it. Natural selection, that's what that's called. (laughs) So basically, the theory is that the president sold all the people who get abducted every year out for uh, the Graylian's labor and technology, I guess. Yeah, so there's, there's that. There's lots of weird shit with this theory. So around the 1970s, right after the big boom, as I like to call it, with the uh, nuke being exploded underneath a mountain, a lot of these cattle mutilations started popping up in the area of the the Dulce base. Um, And these kind of varied from cattle being chopped up into pieces. There was one that was found that they had just removed all of its lymph nodes um, there was one that the death was consistent with being killed by radiation, which if you think back to the fact that there was a nuclear bomb exploded, not very far from there, that part would add up. I want to tell was... that one story. So this, the radiated one was on the Gomez ranch, right? Um, I can't remember what the guy's first name was, but it was like, it was a family and these are probably some of the worst ones, but it's also just some of the most well-documented ones. So 26 of these people's cattle were fucking mutilated. And um, there were actual FBI reports on these that were declassified um, in the late 70s because there were so many happening at the same time, kind of actually all over the country, mostly like in the Midwest area, that there were actually a lot of reports that the FBI did on this. Um, This one specifically, the investigation showed that this like 11 month old bull was dropped by some type of aircraft north of this guy's ranch house. And I would say what kind, but that is pretty specific to put in there. Um, the rectum and sex organs had been removed with a sharp and precise instrument, which is pretty consistent with most cattle mutilations. Um, then the weird shit, the liver contained no copper and four times the amount of phosphorus, zinc, and potassium as regular liver. And there was something weird with the blood, which is um, what you just said, Angel. It was taken off the nose and it was found to be like a light pink color, which is really weird for blood. And the probable explanation for the pinkish blood is a type of radiation, a controlled type of radiation was used to kill the animal. So, so it that, was, that would be probably the only discrepancy between hey we just exploded a nuke in your backyard to this was a controlled type of radiation used to kill the animal yeah it was it was specifically like a controlled thing which is i like how you're like we just exploded a nuke in your backyard all i'm thinking is like to kill the animal you you know those little poppers you throw at concrete and they just like spark (laughs) just like like nuclear versions (laughs) just tiny little ones (laughs) 
Just, uh, smacks the poor cow right in the face. <laughs> yeah, so that one, that was just one of the ones that happened on this guy's ranch. I mean, he had a lot of weird stuff happen. Um, so one, one of the things I just want to clarify, honestly, just for my own sake, because when I read this, I definitely took this differently. When you say that this bull was dropped, I'm assuming now that you mean like dropped from the sky? Yes. By some type of aircraft? Yes. Wow. Okay. I totally, I don't know why my mind didn't go there first. The first thing my mind went to when I read that was that he got dropped as in like this aircraft just killed him. (laughs) Oh. Like like shot him. Like, damn, this bull got dropped. You know, like that kind (laughs) of. Well, no, that that one is direct quote from the, the, um, from the report. So you got to think like in FBI terms, you know. I do want to just go back real quick and talk about this whole, not to, to harp on the sex organs or anything, but the wording of this, I think, has to be talked about. With a sharp and precise instrument. To me, that means one of two things. And this does tie into the fact that, like you said earlier, this was occurring around the country in multiple locations, mostly the Midwest, which would make sense because that's where most cattle are farmed. At that point, they were. Sharp and precise instrument, to me, means one this was a very specifically designed tool for this purpose or two, this would have had to have been practiced many, many times to be viewed as precise. So even though this may have, may have been, you know, one of the few found in this area, it definitely couldn't have been somebody's first time doing it. Yeah. I think that's something that's consistent with cattle mutilations too, (laughs) not to be an expert on dead cows or anything. Um, but generally the the weird thing about it is that like there is no there's things missing but there's no indication of like ripped flesh or anything you know yeah. like it was done precisely yeah this by is somebody not, who knew what the fuck they were doing this is not even like a like a good butcher's job like this is more precise than that like medical it's insanely precise or alien or alien sometimes people sometimes there's like little um like burn marks too in certain places that are cut like little laser marks as well mm. which is really weird cattle mutilations have a whole host of just i mean we've talked about it before on the show like a whole host of weird things that go on and it's all consistent but at the same time each mutilation seems to be unique which is interesting as well yeah, yeah. well if you look at some of the ones that were found here what i did find was one cattle was missing this part another cattle was missing this part and if you really think about it you could probably take all of the missing pieces and piece together an entire new cattle is that is that your theory they're just like they're piecing building together a frankenstein's cow uh would you want to try and stop a frankenstein cow no but i didn't fucking think so but wouldn't you have to you'd have to strip like the whole nervous system though yeah i mean you found that one cow or that they found that one cow with no lymph nodes there was a cow specifically this is a really weird one there was a cow uh gay about as we're about to talk about he mentions that there was one cow specifically only missing lymph nodes that's it someone went in precise and just bothered to grab the lymph nodes which is very odd and for people who don't know what lymph nodes are they're actually located all around your body mm-hmm. the ones that most typically will affect you as a human are near your throat they can be aggravated and that's basically what causes like a sore throat or, or your esophagus to swell so, yeah. but they're located in, inside of your skin yeah so it's a really weird i mean it, like we like we've said multiple times now, it's just it's it's very strange what 
So let's talk about uh, the weird things that have been left around the manipulation sites, because I want to talk about that. Okay. Well, this this Gabe Valdez guy, um, I think he was actually the sheriff in the 90s. He was a, he was a sheriff or an officer or something like yeah, that. He yeah, he was in the sheriff's department. I know that much. Yeah, he, yeah, this was about 1990, I think this one was. And he described, he's like, you know, one of your regular town crackpot police guys who's like, I hunted Bigfoot last weekend. Yeah, so he he is a big believer in Bigfoot in the area and also the fact that Dolce Base is full of aliens. He thinks that the cattle mutilations are connected and he says his proof is that there's all kinds of weird things found around the mutilations, like gas masks, glow sticks, and radar chaff, which is very different from other cattle mutilation things we've read about. Like, usually it's kind of just... There's a dead cow here. Yeah. Not one of, the, uh, one of the other things that I think this points to is, I mean, if you're going to have the attention to detail enough to be absolutely precise in your surgical movements with this cattle that you're mutilating, why would you not pay enough attention to detail to remember to pick up after yourself after you were done? Yeah, right. Always go back to the Ted Bundy thing where it's like you do something so many times that eventually it kind of becomes routine and you forget where you left the wrench. Yeah. And that's kind of an awful but good but example accurate. of how that works, right? You do something, it's just, it's like any other job where like you'll always kind of mess up on one thing. Uh, but that could be an explanation for it. It could also be, we'll talk about kind of misdirection, but it could be something like that. There's a lot that goes into this. And I like one thing that I want people to remember throughout this whole uh, thing that we're going to be talking about is that there is a mixture of heavy government conspiracy and heavy alien conspiracy. Yeah, sometimes they're, hand in hand. Exactly. Sometimes they are together. Sometimes they're completely separate. And it really, really depends on who you ask. So entirely. <laughs> yes. So uh, something else weird, just continuing on the Gabe Valdez thing. Yeah. Um, he claims to, I don't know what he was doing to have found this, but he claims to have found a human fetus inside of a cow. I did not see him claim that. Where did he claim that? Was it like on a police report or? <clears throat> I did see on one of the articles that I read, um, but the, I I could have just been misreading. But the way I read it was that he found a cow that the fetus had been partially removed and it looked like there was a combination of a human, a monkey, and a frog inside of the fetus. Okay. That's how I read it. But so that's what I also that just passed over. I see that in our notes and I was like, what is Yeah. He said that? he described it as it didn't have any bones in the head and it was full of water. Yeah. But like you wrote here in the notes, I don't know how familiar he would be with fetuses at all. Yeah, right. Because like a fetus like. doesn't really look like much. It's like vaguely the animal yeah. that it's gonna be. And generally it doesn't look like it has any bones. Yeah, so um, it may not be water necessarily that's in there, but there's definitely fluid. Yeah, but he claims to have found something that was human monkey frog inside of a cow. Interesting. Uh, so going further into this man, who I found some different things than you guys did. I didn't find him as loony as some of the stuff I'm hearing from you guys, but there are definitely some things there. He does definitely have some more down-to-earth responses for some of what he saw. Uh, I, it, it should be brought up that Gabe Valdez is, we're going to talk about a man named Paul Benowitz. We have, in fact, on this podcast before, if you go back to our Men in Black yes. episode. Uh, oh, yeah. And um, 
What was the other episode we talked about? I don't know. I remember talking about him twice because I remember saying before, Paul Benowitz, that guy we talked about on Men in Black. Yes. Anyway, Paul Benowitz, uh, we've talked about him before. We're going to go into him again. But Gabe Valdez uh, was associated with him for a brief period of time where Benowitz kind of showed him, because he was with the sheriff's department in the area, he kind of showed him some of the weird findings that he was getting. Him and another person who Valdez did not name. Where did Benowitz live? Did he live here? Benowitz was from Albuquerque. Oh. Benowitz was from Albuquerque. He eventually goes to Dulce for quite a while. He spends quite a bit of time there. We'll talk about it. It's a longer story than, uh, like, I don't want to glance over that. So that's where Gabe Valdez is uh, really a part of a lot of what we're going to be talking about. However, he has his own set of interesting finds as well. Uh, For instance, one of the things he claims that he found was an entrance inside of the mountain that was so large that he claims that there's no way it was made for a truck or anything like that. It would have had to have been made for like a plane, like something huge. Uh, And that was one of his first big finds when he was kind of investigating around these mountain ranges. And he'd already been told by Paul Benowitz at this point, there are aliens in this mountain and I'm positive. So he kind of took that a little bit as gospel, but at the same time, it seems like he had this slightly skeptical approach where he wanted to find out for himself. Uh, One of the most important things, though, as we've talked about, is he investigated the cattle mutilations. He was one of the main investigators on this. I don't know who, I don't know, like, who all of his partners were on it, because he only brings them up, never by name. He just kind of says, my partners, or whatever. He never actually says who they were. The aliens. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But he talked about the cattle mutilations a lot. Some of the detail that we've already talked about, but some of the ones we haven't, like, also uh, finding trace evidence of tranquilizers and medicine, different types of medicine injected into the cattle to try and get them to go to sleep, which is a much more down to earth thing than you usually see with cattle mutilations. Uh, you don't usually find that they've been injected with anything. You know, you definitely don't find like tranquilizers or anything like that. In fact, a big thing with cattle mutilations is you don't see any injection spots or anything like that. I just want to point out, too, that we just watched an X-Files episode about cattle mutilations, and this is crossing over in my brain big time. (laughs) But in the episode, they were injecting cows with alien DNA, so it kind of works. Yeah, but with this, the big thing is that, again, with all cattle mutilations, like we said, it's very case-by-case basis what they take. Sometimes they'll take a spleen and a heart. Other times they take, like, a liver and a foot. Like, they don't ever take anything that's the same. It's always two random pieces, which seems to be that they're taking stuff to, like, get you away from what they're actually trying to grab. That's what it feels like to me. Like, they grab an extra thing to make sure you don't know what they're grabbing or why. Well, I've also read a lot of stuff. um, And, I mean, it's come up in, like, sci-fi movies and and stuff, too, obviously. Like, you can easily think to The Amazing Spider-Man, where they're talking about, like, combining certain aspects of one animal with humans in order to replenish themselves or or basically like trying to find ways of using that specific part of an animal's DNA to enhance human life. So there's, there's also, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't necessarily know what a cow could provide that would enhance human life, but I also haven't exactly looked into it. And if you think about the area where all these cattle mutilations were occurring, again, huge, huge area for cattle ranching. Yeah. So they can ease, you're going to have your picking as far as you're not going to run out of test subjects. You're going to be able to 
garner them indefinitely because they're constantly breeding more. I mean, you have to keep in mind how big of an industry the cattle industry was, not just for the United States at the time, but that was worldwide. All of that cattle was being shipped worldwide. So if you were looking to at least try and come up with a successful experiment without garnering too much attention, then I could see why you would be picking apart cattle and trying to fuse them with human DNA. Well, I saw another thing too, that part of the fear with cattle mutilations happening in an area is like, is this going to elevate to human mutilations? Yeah. You know, like, are they just practice for something that's going to happen later? But like, I've never found anything that's like, either there's cattle mutilations or there's like human abductions, but there really isn't like human mutilations. Mostly it's like, I found a metal chip in my nose. Let's talk about someone who disagrees though. Eventually Gabe Valdez brings in a woman by the name of Linda Wow. If you haven't heard of her, go listen to some of our past episodes. She shows up She's all the, the time. I think we bring her up more in depth on our, I think Skinwalker on Skinwalker Ranch. Ranch, but also Easter Island because she believes that Easter Island is a place where humans are methodically picked out and then dissected so that the aliens can learn more about us and also steal our organs. She lives in a horrifying <laughs> universe that I hope is not true. Uh, but she believes that uh, aliens are doing this every day. She very much believes doing that- what? Cattle mutilations? Human mutilations. So that's where this, that's where this is a bit different. Uh, he, Gabe Valdez brings her in because there is a certain point in time where Valdez believes that this has to be extraterrestrial in origin. This is when he's first investigating. It's kind of early on. He finds an expert in cattle mutilation, which Linda Moulton Howe is, in theory, an expert in cattle mutilation. She likes to say she is, but every time she shows up to a cattle mutilation scene, she's like, they're dead. It was aliens. I know. That's literally what she does. <laughs> like, <sighs> I mean, it, it, like, she could find roadkill on the side of the road, and I swear she would aliens. think aliens immediately. Um, hey, Chicken Little was right about the sky falling, right? <laughs> yeah. I she is Chicken Little. I would not say she's Chicken Little. She has the glasses. Listen, she doesn't always wear the glasses. And Chicken Little was right. (laughs) Most of Linda Moulton Howe's theories. Chicken Little Little was only right in the animated movie, though. Not the original story. That's fair. That's fair. But what she believes, what she came to the conclusion of is, yes, aliens are, in fact, mutilating these cows. Surprise! Uh, But also, also... We're going to talk about what some people believe in terms of the government, but there's a point where the government might be using UFOs to uh, kind of discredit the idea that their own tech is going in and mutilating cows. And we'll talk more about this later. But what she actually believes is that the government is lying about lying. So what she thinks is that the government (laughs) is covering up the fact that aliens exist by telling people that aliens exist and are doing it to get away from their own technology, therefore discrediting their own technology story therefore leading to aliens. And she believes that means that the aliens are definitely doing it and the government's denying that, even though they're definitely not denying it and they're actually telling people that the aliens might be doing it. I hope that's clear. And if it isn't, replay it. Just pop back 30 seconds, 15, whatever. This bitch is next level. Uh, no. Linda Moulton Howe is interesting. I do want to bring up, she's not the only one who has this train of thought and she actually wasn't even the first well, actually, no, that's debatable. I'm, I'm not going to go down that. But she's definitely not the only one who has this train of thought. There is somebody who <clears throat> wrote the intro for 
the book that I quoted earlier by Branson called the Dulce Wars. Um, but he, he only goes by the name commander X, I believe I don't have it. I don't have it in front of me, but he goes by some random name that is like captain X or commander X or something like that. And he did write that he, again, can't validate any of this, but he used to be involved in the U S government in some way or form. And he was definitely involved in missions where their goal was to spread false rumors and let those take off in order to guide attention in one direction instead of allowing their information to be found. And we, so, and we will actually talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. We do have more information about that. Uh, I don't know about Commander X. Sounds like he's good at Galaga. I would think so. Yeah, I would think he's good. I hope so. Uh, but with Linda Moulton House, she comes in, she says it's aliens. If you bring her in to talk about your dead dog, she's going to say it's aliens. That's just who she is. Uh, so I don't often trust her opinion on things. I'm probably not ever going to. If you want to, that's fine. If you think I'm wrong, tell me with a five-star review and we'll go from there. But one of the biggest things that ends up happening is Gabe Valdez kind of changes his opinion eventually because he ends up seeing what he thinks is one of the cattle being picked up at night. He sees it off in the distance and ends up being a case he's investigating later. And what he says specifically is that he sees a vehicle flying in the air, picking up something, and it's got blinking lights on it. And what he comes to the conclusion of, a very down-to-earth conclusion of, is, I've never thought about it like this, uh, why would you need blinking lights in space? Therefore, why would you need it on your alien spaceship? It's not helpful in any way. It's not going to do anything. We have lights on planes to keep them from crashing into each other. Let us know where they are. But, but you if, you're, if you're an alien aircraft landing on a foreign planet, you would kind of want to see where you're going. Well, see, he's just talking about like blinking lights on the side, though. That's the part that weirded him out was this idea of just like what looked like plane blinking lights. But he said that he's pretty sure he saw a helicopter and he's not positive, but that's what he thinks he saw. So his alien paradigm ends up becoming split and he becomes, which is why we haven't so early in our notes, is he becomes like the epitome of what this whole case is. Aliens, government versus each other. Which one is it? It's got to be one or the other. There's no gray area. Aliens versus the government. Aliens versus the government. Uh, yeah, I just I think it's really interesting that he came to that conclusion because I've never actually heard someone say that other than him, which I've never thought about before. Like, why would UFOs have like little blinky lights on the side? It's not Christmas where they're from. I don't assume. Well, so you wouldn't know, really. So. I, I mean, if they celebrate Christmas too, then you need to take more look into that holiday. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Dr. Christopher Green, did either of you come across him in your research? I did not. I saw his name. Yeah. But I didn't. I was busy chasing another rabbit hole, so I didn't even delve in that direction. Well, he, like everyone else, was. This, a lot of this story takes place in the 80s. We should say that. Uh, a lot of our information takes place in the 80s, it seems. That's where a lot of this comes from. But generally, this is between 1970 and the 1990s, early uh, 1990s. It's between the beginning of the planet and now, because aliens have been here forever. Especially the reptilian space pope and his cronies. Anyway. It's about a million years. Huh? It's about a million years. Yeah. I definitely think they've switched popes by then. But Tell us about Green. 
Dr. Christopher Green. Uh, this shows up in the Mirage Man documentary. It was the. It wasn't the only place I found him, but it was the place where I found the heaviest interview with him. But essentially, what he was was an analyst of chemical weapons for the CIA. He was flown into the Dulce, also the Albuquerque area, around the same time as all of this was going on. And he says that what they usually were brought is when you were working with, as the CIA, bringing, coming onto a military base, is they, they position someone next to you. And the reason why they position someone next to you is they call it security, but it's not for your security, it's for the bases. So even if you're in the CIA, they're going to put someone with you because they don't trust you, which is fair for a whole host of reasons. The motto of the CIA. So The government doesn't trust itself, which I find hilarious. But it's, it's just kind of a funny paradigm. But anyway, he said that the guy that he was positioned with him actually told him when he picked him up, they were talking about like the cattle mutilations in the area because Green was interested in it. And he was told uh, that this guy was actually one of the people flying helicopters into the area. And he said that they had been picking up cattle and mutilating them for various side projects and side projects and they had outfitted their helicopters with strobe lights and other different devices to make it look alien in origin therefore discrediting any sites of it because then people don't think they're seeing a helicopter they think they're seeing an alien spaceship but green didn't really have much else to say other than that i mean he was a chemical weapons analysis he was not in this for the conspiracy he was not in it for anything else. He's retired now. By the time he gave that interview, he was very retired. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting, it's one of those outside perspectives that you hear that's a bit different because he has no agenda there. He wasn't trying to push any one side over the other. He just thought it was a very interesting story that he was hearing. Now, one of the reasons why we, and we kind of briefly brought it up, one of the reasons why these cattle mutilations might have been occurring by the government is going back to, I think it's called like Operation Gas Buggy or whatever, when they dropped a nuke to inside of a mountain to release gas that they couldn't use anymore. Dumb. Stupid. Not the base. Outright stupid. Uh, but the, the whole thing that goes along with this is you've then released radiation, not just into the area. It's not topsoil at this point, which we've talked about the difference in Skinwalker Ranch. We're talking about the difference between it being on top and underneath. And this, at this point, you've released radiation underneath the ground, which can be a problem because it can get into groundwater, it can get into soil, it can get into all these different things, which therefore affects the cattle of the area. So one of the things that Green brought up is the possibility that they were doing this to test cattle for radiation, to see how it was affecting them, which actually is very much like the X-Files episode, <laughs> the testing of different uh, cattle. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah, reason. and he, he definitely has a, a valid point. I guess I I did think about it in the airborne sense, but I didn't necessarily think about it as far as being underground. If you're the government and you exploded a nuke and shit already didn't go your way because your quote-unquote goal of utilizing the gas that was under there, you've already ruined, you probably don't want to add poisoning that entire area to your list of fuck-ups. Yeah, exactly. I actually didn't know that there was proven record of our government just explicitly blowing up a nuke underground. Uh, I knew that that's happened in other 
countries like Russia is very open about the fact that they've done that multiple times. Korea has done it multiple times, but in Russia, for instance, they poisoned a whole area doing that. There's like a whole lake that because they shot it underground, it poisoned all of the water underneath and it's poisoned an entire lake, but only the underside of it. So, but in the U S you only really hear about test sites. Exactly. Right. I would think that a majority of people, if you were to ask them, their probably first idea when it comes to nuclear testing would, or nuclear explosions on American soil would go to like Nevada because that's where the testing sites were. Yeah. And that's how the government killed like John Wayne and half of the movie stars of that era because they kept using the dirt from that era. Uh, Fun fact, if you don't know, they filmed cowboy movies and then they would need to get reshoots. So they would bring the sand from the actual locations into their small movie studios in California, which then increases the dose of radiation because you're in a smaller space with no open air. And that's why everywhere in California, you can catch cancer. Catch cancer. Full circle, bud. Catch cancer. Just get yourself a baseball glove anywhere you go. Just open field it. You don't even need that, man. Bare hands. Oh, man. Is the government mutilating cattle or are the aliens doing it? What's your opinion? Well, let's look at the reasons real quick. So we have genetic testing in here. Let's talk about genetic testing. Okay, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, basically every story about this kind of vaguely mentions genetic testing and whatever variation of whatever. There are human-animal hybrids. I mean, mixing human and animal DNA, grafting bits onto other things. I mean, you know, let's see if we can make man bat. I was thinking of, this is not the same podcast, but uh, we have another podcast called Attack of the 50 Foot. We just watched a movie where a man was so hairy, he could probably clean like dish pans. I was thinking that is like an animal human hybrid. Yeah. I was, I was actually thinking of, I don't know if you've seen the movie with Lakeith Stanfield called um, Sorry to Bother You, but at the mm-hmm. end of, at the end of that movie, about. everything turns out to be like this huge agency that's allegedly providing jobs is actually experimenting on their employees and they turn people into these like humans, but with horse heads. It's Wait, super, what? Super that is not what I was expecting out of that movie. Yeah, you should but definitely weird. watch it. It's super grotesque. But nice. that's, what, that's the first thing I think of when I think human-animal hybrids is no. just this, this massive-chested, horse-headed human. There is the more innocent version of that, which is just anamorphs. So. Yeah, but that's, that's not a human and an animal combined. That's a human turning into an animal. But if they only halfway turn in and like you shoot them halfway through, animal never animal never happened. Did, that didn't there, happen. But there was the one who got who went past the time limit and got stuck as the animal forever. There you go. See, yeah. there you go. So if you're thinking in Cameron's brain, there are animorphs, and then there's also Ben Ten. Oh, Ben Ten. That's an alien. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, going back to the animal and. I really didn't find very much of the animal-human hybrids on the internet, but I did hear some of it in a podcast um, where somebody, you know, one of those witnesses that used to work in Dulce Base had special clearance and he went into, what was it called? It was like the Hell Hall or Hell's Hall or whatever, where they kept the human-animal hybrids and they had anything from like people with bat wings grafted onto them giant bat wings not little ones <laughs> and 
Definitely just, thinking of Dracula. Yeah, uh, monstrosities just kind of floating around in amniotic fluid. Um, you know, just your general science fiction, human-animal hybrid kind of things. You say science fiction. I say science fact because we have grown successfully in a human ear on a rat's body. So human-animal yeah. hybrids have happened. Well, part of this theory... Though it doesn't, the ear doesn't work. Just, it's just cartilage. But Well, the funny thing is um, we've talked about how a lot of these theories come from like the 80s and sometimes the 70s. Yeah. Uh, this was before the Human Genome Project was completed. And so a lot of people actually created a lot of conspiracies as to what the hell we were doing with the actual Human Genome Project. Like we're just programming DNA, basically. Um, so that's where a lot of those theories were rooted with this one is the Human Genome Project started in Dulce Base and was actually used for nefarious purposes just to see like what kind of genes we can turn on and off. And then if you go back to the human alien hybrids or even just the whole concept of aliens in New Mexico, a lot of the conspiracy community actually believes that because Dulce Base was being investigated so thoroughly after all of these cattle mutilations and UFO sightings, they believe that the aliens actually packed up all of their shit and moved down south to the, to the southern end of, of New Mexico just to try and avoid all of that speculation. Mm. So they weren't actually there this whole time. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the alien thing, too. Like, terrestrial creatures or not, they also apparently did some horrific things with humans and alien DNA. Yeah. Which, I mean, is kind of a thing in conspiracy theories. Like, oh, this person is part alien. Generally, it's pretty vague. And like I said, mostly what I've heard about the genetic testing and shit was on a podcast. Yeah. And I don't really know where they got that information. No, I mean, I've heard of genetic testing before. Oftentimes, that's what it's considered when you have an alien-human base is you get an alien-human hybrid thing going. And remember where, remember that this base is supposedly run with, like, actually aliens that are somehow employed with the American government. I, so, yeah, I also think it's funny because not only what do, you, what do aliens do with the money, like, do they dress up in mustaches and big hats and go actually, spend it in a coffee shop? I heard, I heard that um, the way they're paying the reptilians is with the leftovers of failed genetic testing. So they get, like, basically free food. Gross. Uh, you get that a lot with these types of bases. You really do. Another thing to really talk about here, though, with cattle mutilations in general. So we talked about there are sometimes very sharp cuts. Like we're talking like sushi chefs level cuts. Uh, talking about genetics. Well, this also has to do with why the mutilations might be happening, though, is mixing humans with cattle. Like you want a man cow. I don't know how that's helpful. I don't know how it's helpful think, to have like. I think the politically correct term is cow man. Oh, cow man. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how it's helpful to have a dude with an udder, but maybe. Yeah. I don't. The way ultimate, women aren't the only ones responsible for producing milk. The ultimate soldier. He can bring milk into the battlefield. That's what they're going for here. Maybe. Hey, milk builds strong bones. Human cow milk. Strong enough back. bones to stop bullets. I heard that the organs are actually for the Graylians. Um, and also, they apparently sustain themselves off of the cow blood and human blood. Hmm. I would just like to remind everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner. This shit just got weird. I would like to remind everybody that Graylian is my favorite term, and you heard it here first. Uh, anyway, 
let's let's go into the super advanced tech though because we've got things like lasers sometimes in cattle mutilations super sharp knives uh they're taking organs but they're not like leaving markings from taking organs sometimes uh and also you know glow sticks and gas masks well it's not even just about the cattle mutilations just kind of in general this includes ufos and just weird shit that people have seen in the area right yeah so what we're seeing is a lot of silent <laughs> aircraft. Uh, yeah, and silence between all of us. <laughs> that's, that's one of the biggest things here that I think is really odd is the silent aircraft part of this. Because... It's just a B-52 bomber. Well, okay, but a B-52 bomber doesn't have a propeller on the top of it. That's the issue here. And it, it's not the type of thing, like, nobody's going to fly by with a bomber 15 feet off the ground to hook a cow. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no one's going to do that. I mean, I've seen the government appropriate their funds in more ridiculous ways than that. Yeah, I imagine a bomber traveling at like 60 miles an hour at the very least. I'm sure they travel faster than that. Uh, 60 miles per hour with hooks hanging off of it, it's going to rip straight through the cow. <laughs> That's not, you're going to have a cow cut in multiple pieces. Well, if you guys want to refer back to the nice little picture I put up here. I, I did see, see that. <laughs> I thought that was excellently done. I can post it for all it of looks, you. It looks as if, like, you made a jigsaw puzzle for a two-month-old. Yes. With, like, no interlocking pieces. They just have to try and... I know what you're talking about. It's quality Photoshop. Yeah. It's excellent. It is by far the best job in Photoshop I've ever seen done. And Cameron, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're right. Let's Cameron not bring that up on mic. Also yeah, I do posters. That's what he's talking about. That's, that's what we're talking about. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on. We're talking about alien craft here. The weird thing, though, for real, is the silence of what's going on. Because, like, we have uh, Valdez, who's saying that he's pretty sure he saw a helicopter. He's pretty positive. But how did you not hear a helicopter? But I think it was also him who that was my thought exactly i was gonna bring it up earlier but then somebody took my mind on a totally separate tangent these even if you did disguise a helicopter as a ufo one yes you would hear it okay the argument against that wide open planes your cattle you're on a cattle ranch you don't have to fly within range of earshot but these people are investigating these cattle mutilations why would they not see evidence of an aircraft like a helicopter which displaces a lot of stuff underneath it whenever it comes close to touching down why would they not see that and include that in their investigative report yeah, yeah i mean the only thing that i saw about an actual like a legitimate evidence of aircraft is that one that i mentioned earlier the one cattle mutilation where um it was dropped from an aircraft not dropped now by an aircraft. keep in mind though spacecraft could also have dropped uh, an 11-month bull out of it if we're going to go the alien route. True. It can be right. True. Uh, and, like, one of the things I was thinking about, too, is, uh, I mean, it's possible, I guess. <laughs> I have trouble with how loud helicopters are because, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I don't, like, you'd have to be a good distance to not hear it, but to be able to see it would be difficult at night, I'd imagine. Like, even if you just saw blinking lights, you wouldn't be able to grasp that it's like a helicopter or anything like that. So it bothers me because I just don't, I don't really understand 
I don't know. I don't understand the the placement of the sheriff or of any witnesses in this case where they're saying they're seeing these things. Because even if it's way high up in the air, I mean, you can hear a helicopter that's a good distance above you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can legitimately hear them from a very far distance. So it's it's confusing as to why nobody mentions hearing them. And I really couldn't find anything where someone mentions that. Maybe it was a windstorm. A windstorm? You're saying that they only used windstorms? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Silence. Lots of UFO sightings. There's a lot of UFO sightings in the area. Uh, it's eventually going to bring in a uh, a friend of this whole story, which is uh, Mr. Benowitz. And he eventually is led to Dulce for that reason. Because the area itself, it's I mean, it's been going on since... The 30s, I think, is when we have it recorded. But I think I heard stories of people saying that, like, they were seeing things back in, like, the early 1900s. So it's been seen throughout at least this country's history, if nothing else. Um, They're just kind of everywhere, which is, I mean, it's what leads to this idea that there's a base under there. The government mysteriously blows something up and doesn't get to use the gas that they, for some reason, didn't think would be radiated after using a 29 kiloton nuclear bomb. I'm not really surprised. I mean, we talked about this in our uh, Battle of LA episode. We did a lot of <laughs> yeah. dumb fucking shit. Lots of stupid shit. My guy, my favorite's still the guy that fell off the wall or the one who kicked in a window. <laughs> I'm still yeah. not sure why. That one was great. Oh my God. Uh, good times. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where there's just there's so much that goes into this and we're still not even there. I mean, we're not even halfway done yet. There there's a lot that goes into this and there's a lot that is just so problematic for this whole thing. Let's talk about So what we haven't discussed something important. You may be wondering, how did aliens get involved with the government? All right, how did we get them to be on government payroll? Well, it wasn't easy, okay? They did the shmoney dance. Sure. Shmoney, 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 shmoney. Just a whole fleet of them. Anybody who knows who Baker Mayfield is will know who the shmoney dance. So, in building this base in this vague amount of time, um, sometime in the history, while... So, New Mexico has a lot of caverns already, right? Uh, think about Carlsbad. They're very large. They're very useful for building secret underground bases in. So basically what they already did was they tried to use um, something that was already there. Right? So they drilled down in there and started finding a good spot to start Dulce Base. Okay? What they ran into was a war. I'm going to sort of read you the story here. So an engineer who we will discuss named Philip Schneider helped build this. So he began construction on the underground base, just like he would on any other base by drilling holes in the ground. Um, This time though, once he started getting in, he hit an acrid smell like burning garbage from the drilled open holes. That's when the fighting started. Basically, what he ran into was either a reptilian or a Graylian base, based on who you ask. <laughs> okay, I just, I just want to read this, because the way I found this story was ridiculous. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, let's go for yeah, it. Yeah, just, just go for it. Just I don't it. think I can, like, word this any better. No. So, 
So he found, he found the nest, right? That's when the fighting started. Then um, one day he turned around and came face to face with what he called a seven foot, seven foot tall, stinky gray alien. Um, immediately, the engineer, Schneider, grabbed his pistol and took two of them down. A third one blew off some of his fingers with a kind of laser blaster. That's when one of the Green Berets sacrificed himself to save Schneider's life. I am picturing Han Solo. Yes. Apparently the Green Berets are the ones that came in to help fight the alien war. Continuing on, the scuffle turned into a full-blown battle that killed 60 humans. Green Berets reacted instantly, bringing all the firepower they could bear on the aliens. The aliens responded by shooting blue bolts of radiant power with movements of their hands. I guess it's not a weapon, it's just their biology, question mark. Um, the kind of bolts that blew Schneider's fingers off were turning the special forces soldiers inside out. Eventually, the aliens relented, retreating deeper into the complex. I'm sorry, but if you're going to tell me that these aliens are shooting one, laser blasters from Star Wars, and two, blue bolts of radiant power, I don't see us possessing anything during that time period that could put down a fucking alien or make them now that's what i find funny about how the story ends too because i'm literally just reading this as i found it eventually the aliens relented retreating deeper into the complex they're just like okay we're done end of story i guess maybe they didn't want to fight in the first place so we just oh ender's game i see you we just conquered them somehow and made them work in our alien underground base and no. apparently this Schneider guy, who sounds like a worthless piece of shit in his own story, survived. That feels a bit rude. Uh, what? He literally said one of the Green Berets sacrificed himself to save his life. He's an engineer. He's not in the military. So yeah, when aliens pop up shooting try? bolts out of their <laughs> goddamn hands, he's no. probably ill-equipped. I just want to bring this up. Getting your fingers shot off by an alien's laser blaster sounds a lot cooler than I'm an engineer. I fucked up what I was doing and smashed my fingers and amputated it. Yeah. I've seen an I, interview I like with him too. and I do not remember him missing his fingers. That's one thing I think is really weird. This was apparently quoted from him. Let's talk about Phil Schneider though. There is a lot about this man. We talked about him in our airport Denver Airport episode. And let's make a correction because I'm pretty positive, at least in our notes, we say Paul Schneider. So I'm assuming in the episode we say Paul Schneider. When you hear that, we mean Philip Schneider. I went back to double check because I thought it was weird. And because there is a similar story. If you have or have not listened to our DIA episode on the famous conspiracy airport, uh, let me re-up you regardless. There's a story in there where a man talks about how he was hired to build this dumb, which is the military base. Stop calling it that. <laughs> That's what they call it, okay? Uh, so he was hired to build this, and he's been hired to build, I think he claims roughly like, it's like in the hundreds that he's built, that he's been a part of. According to him, there are 1,400 underground bases That's what in it was. the world. Yeah. Uh, he, and he's helped build a lot of them, so that's what he claims. Now, when he was building that one, he claims specifically that he ran into Graylians. We talk about it in the episode, and it's one of my favorite things because when they're building the Denver airport, they actually find a Graylian nest, which I still think is a weird term. 
But this is the same story. That's what I'm saying, is I found the comparisons weird. Ah. Because he's claiming with the international airport, also quoted, he found a Graylian nest. He got into a fist fight with the aliens. <laughs> well, well equipped this time. No bolts coming out of people's hands. Uh, and he then got into a fist fight with them and killed one of them. With his fists. But he cracked the eye socket, which actually turned out to be a mask. And underneath that mask was a reptilian eye. I think we've lost it. I see your face. You following? No, yeah, I, I am. I'm just wondering if the reptilian is already disguised as the Pope, why does the Pope need to wear a mask? Because there's the whole bunch of reptilians. Pope's just one, okay? Now, one thing with the Denver International Airport that kind of leads into this is that there was supposed to be a whole section of tunnels that lead from the airport all over the fucking planet. Uh, one of them was to Colorado Springs. I assume in this instance, one would lead to uh, Dulce Base. Uh, it's just one of those things where like it leads everywhere. There's an underground tunnel that secretly leads to the White House. We've talked about that. Talked about so many different things. Um, well, one of the things with the, the tunnels is that they apparently go all over the world. They connect every base, but they also have super speedy super trains in there using combination of magnetic fields and vacuums. Yeah, it was gravitational magnetic fields. To shoot trains across the world. So you okay. They, they, have those, they have those in Wakanda, too. Yeah. 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 Similar. Very similar. Uh, except for this one's used to shoot the Pope underneath the White House and stuff when he needs to use Satan to command the president, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Makes sense, but he prefers to go by Lucifer. Yeah, okay. Well, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry, Lucy. Uh, also, with the, the war, the initial war, uh, 60 humans were left dead, and the war wages on today. Also, Although, does it or does it end? Three people from that battle survived. Yeah. Yes. I uh, would like to g- just very briefly go back. Um, I did Google Phil Schneider. He is, in fact, missing fingers. Oh, Hakuna Matata, but you might have actually found Hillary Swank's husband, Philip Schneider. No, I found an interview with him, but I just oh, didn't yeah. notice his hands. His hands were like, he didn't, they don't show him very often. It could be because he's missing fingers. So that's why you were just kind of staring. You were Googling. Yeah, I was definitely, I had to go, <laughs> I had to go deep into Google. I thought we had lost you. Like while we're just talking oh, about this it, shit, you're just like. It took me a hot minute or a hot couple of minutes to find like a proper interview with him. I found one randomly on like Reddit this or something. This guy is a fucking nut job. He just rehashes the same story over and over again. Obviously. I mean, well, he doesn't the anymore. Exciting thing in his life, so. He hasn't rehashed a story since like 1996. Uh, Cause he died. But uh, anyway, so Phil Schneider, he has claimed twice now that while creating a dumb, he has founded a Graylian nest. However, what we know from his future uh, happenings is that what a Graylian nest actually is, probably is, and we've actually talked about this in the Dover Demon episode, is that Graylians might not actually be aliens in the shape that you see. And this is one of my favorite conspiracies. I love it to death. What we're seeing in the Graylian suits as the naked bodies and the giant heads are actually just suits. They're like astronaut suits, just like just like us. 
And what's underneath there is the actual alien, which is why it looks so odd. And you don't see like genitalia. You don't see like any defining features on their bodies. It's just like this one little slit and giant eyes. And that's why they have the big bulbous heads as well. But that also works with Schneider because he talks about that with the reptilians. Because he got in a fist fight. But yeah, I mean, you can also listen to our Dover Demon episode where we go a little more heavier. And apparently a human fist fight can break these aliens' helmets. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're not made very well. One guy can just straight it like in a bar fight style. Good old with, only, with only three fingers. With only three fingers. But I yeah. thought he lost three fingers. From the picture, it looks like he's got this going on. Gotcha. He's got the thumb, the ring, and the pinky. Okay. But yeah, uh, so you've heard of Schneider before if you listen to this, and he has claimed the same story before. That story, it should be said, actually doesn't so much come from Schneider himself. It actually comes from uh, Alex Christopher, who I think we note as a male in our DIA episode. But as it turns out, Alex Christopher spent years trying to claim she was a male to throw off the government so that they wouldn't assassinate her. Because what she does was, her gender have to do with being assassinated? She was trying to hide who she was. So she claimed she was male so that they're not looking for a female. That's what her gender has to do with it. That's just like, she's just witness protectioning it. She's, she's using her name. She's claiming, well, yeah, whatever. But anyway, she's, a, she's basically like a 70-something year old grandma. But she's a credible source. She, she's like a 70-something year old grandma from Alabama. Uh, she has multiple stakes in the conspiracy world. Was she a grandma world. at the time or is she a grandma now? She's a grandma now. She had kids, of just, just regular kids at the time. Uh, Wait, what? She didn't have grandkids, just kids. She just had regular kids? Just, <laughs> well, you asked the question. She obviously wasn't 70, 30 years ago. As, opposed, as opposed to some special kids. Uh, so there, there's a very important thing with Paul Schneider. Uh, he spends a lot of time in interviews talking about how his fellow uh, investigators and whistleblowers have been assassinated. He talks about this for years leading up to his death, uh, all the way through the 80s and the 90s except for 96 is when he dies. Uh, but he talks about, I think, three different friends of his that he investigated with personally who were also whistleblowers, worked for the government, and all of them committed suicide. Now, we've talked about getting suicided on this before. It is a real thing. What he's claiming might or might not be legitimate. What we do know is that the CIA has legitimately suicided people before. There's literal documents proving it. However... He claims that three of his friends were suicided. And then in 1996, shortly after showing Alex Christopher into the Denver airport construction base uh, and her taking pictures, he dies of suicide, which is just a weird thing because he said at that point, I mean, at that point he was claiming that he was having like 14 assassination attempts on his life in a year. He was claiming assassination, assassination attempts like all the time. He doesn't really go into depth on those like i don't know if people are like pulling out guns and he's just like jackie chanting the shit out of them or if like he thinks that every grocery cart that almost hits him is an assassination assassination i mean if you already believe that your friends have been suicided you're probably gonna be pretty paranoid that's what i would think too but it also is kind of like the gang stalking thing where it's like that paranoia doesn't necessarily equal 
you lying about your story. It's also a yeah. possibility that you're just telling the truth and then you get suicided. Therefore, it looks like you committed suicide because you were anxious, like yeah. overly anxious and disturbed. So that's where his story kind of hits this weird wall with conspiracy theorists because conspiracy, conspiracy, they run with this idea that he was suicide and it's like absolute proof to them that the government has been doing this forever and that aliens really do exist. And it, all it did was just make him a martyr, if nothing else. Yeah. Regardless of what the reason was, he became a martyr for this whole cause. But he's important because he did legitimately work for the Air Force as an engineer, 100%. So he did work for them. But yeah, so that, that's, that's where we are with Phil Schneider, though. So believe his war story if you want. Believe his aliens are actually reptiles in disguise type of thing if you want. But there are certain pieces of his story that do add like a certain amount of credence to it. Something that has to be believed. And we always talk about there's always that like air of truth and the lie or whatever. So there's always something there. But yeah, I see though that we have this note that says he says that greys were absorbing human and cow blood for sustenance. Yeah, he's, he doesn't think, he has multiple things about the, the Dulce base. Not just that there's a war there. Yeah, well he has multiple things about all the different bases, yeah. <laughs> well he... He says that the greys get their sustenance. I mentioned this sort of um, by absorbing human and cow blood. Absorbing, I don't know how, but apparently that's what they feed them. Through their hands. I, part of my issue with believing that is he got into a fist fight, punched a reptilian in the mask. Multiple people were killed. He was one of only three, three survivors allegedly through this war or this battle of the war mm-hmm. and yet somehow the american government contracted these people and now he knows how they were living their life and what they were doing on a regular basis apparently yeah he knows it all because he he built it yeah and, and that's that's mostly well, they didn't really his stories i think are funny because he never actually builds it he usually just like initiates the project like he dug down and then fought some aliens but like he so, never actually builds the base he claims the same thing that we see with the uh with the landing a man on the moon project here right so he claims the same thing that we see with with sending someone to the moon which is that in order for the government to fake these bases as like or hide these bases or hide these plans that they're doing you have to hire hundreds of thousands if not millions of different people and you have to switch out contractors like the winchester house over and over and over and over again or actually there's someone who did that who was maniacal and insane who did it very well uh hh holmes famous for the fact that he hired out different contractors after like a week and a half and that's essentially what schneider is doing is he's claiming that the government did that same thing where he would be in there for a brief period of time so they would and then he'd be staff. shifted off to the next one which mm-hmm. i have heard from somebody personally um here near where i live a government building itself they bring in contractors you're confined to this one area you're doing this one part of the building and then you're done so that is realistic that isn't necessarily just him trying to find a cop out to why he doesn't have more information on the base itself yeah no i mean it seems legitimate to me i mean it does seem like i mean the government's going to want to hide secrets i whether it's aliens or whether it's their building tech that they don't want you to know about yeah they're they're going to want to hide that so it doesn't make sense 
let me point out here that this isn't like Area 51 where there is actually something there. We just don't know what they do there. There is nothing here. Yeah. There is nothing right in Dulce, New Mexico. It's or farmland. Is Although, there. if you look at pictures online, more recently taken from like a satellite view, some of them do look like there is some sort of structure there. How yeah. true those pictures are, are holding, uh, you, you can't really tell. I yeah. mean, that's the thing, too, is the government denied the existence of Area 51 for a long time before they were finally like, okay, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Like, we're not going to tell you what we do there. I can this tell you... This could just you... be something like that where there might be some kind of military base there, but they just haven't actually said that it's there yet. I would like to take everybody back a moment to, I don't know if you've listened to it, Angel, but it's a Riverdale Road. Uh, there is a fascinating thing that we've never actually gotten an answer from, which is that there was something being built there. High, high fences. We're talking like probably like 15 to 20 foot fences. What? Higher than that. Or higher. I was going on the low end. But if you go on Google Maps, if you look it up, it doesn't exist. There's no news report about this being built. And this is a small town. I mean, it's like a small section of Colorado. And there's no news report of it being built. I have it on video. Not anymore, government. I deleted it. Uh, but it's, it's this weird building that was being built in the middle of this tiny little neighborhood and just kind of in this cross section. But if you go on Google Maps, I originally was scrolling through and I'm like, there's nothing there. So Google just hasn't gone by. That's not true, actually. Google has maps from about 2019, which is when it probably would have started construction sometime around there. Uh, but if you look, they go through, it's like 2019, 2019, keep pressing forward. And then it goes to like 2012, right where it's being built. Hmm. And so then it like skips cut out back. section of maps. Yeah, so it's like 2012 or 2013 for like two sections. And then you go right back to 2019. So whatever they're building there, Google wasn't allowed to put it on. But I mean, like, that's pretty... It's, I'm just saying it's common for government buildings. You don't know that they're there. So would it be surprising? Let's, I mean, we live, or I lived uh, for years in Colorado Springs. NORAD is famous now. However, NORAD was denied by the military for years and years, even though everyone was like, you built a road into a mountain. There's something there. <laughs> and they were like, no, we didn't. It's, like, no, it's, it's just a road for street races and stuff. Yeah, so... The <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, drag racing tanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... I mean, there could very well be something there. Whether or not it's run by the greys, the reptilians, and humans alike. Who knows? We have more shit for you, though. We do. Uh, this was only part one. Um... Thank you, Angel, for coming back again on another episode. Yeah, that's... This time for a two-parter! It's your first two-parter. Boogity boogity boogity, boys! <laughs> um, we have more for you. We have other nut jobs in the government. We have Nazis. We have more UFOs. Um, we have something called Paul Continued. Um, but it's Paul Benowitz, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter, Cameron. He's continued. <laughs> we got more government secrets. We've probably got more all kinds of shit, so stay tuned. You Next can week. call us Alice, because we are diving in rabbit holes. Fuck yeah. Damn right. Uh, yeah, but you can follow us on social media. Find us everywhere. 
Uh, well, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Conspiracy What. Yeah. You can email us your ideas at conspiracywhat at gmail.com if you don't have social media and you feel like being like, hey man, we should talk about Flat Earth, which we will. Also, Angel brought up a book this episode and you can find that on our Goodreads page. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. But I've been Cameron. I'm Allie. And I'm Vader doing crack. <laughs> Remember to always stay stitious and thank you for listening. Peace. Peace. <laughs>